0: Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary Media. This week I spoke with Joe Wicks. Joe is a fitness coach, also known as The Body Coach. He started off his career by posting 15-second recipe videos on social media and he soon grew to become one of the most followed fitness accounts on Instagram. His first published cookbook, Lean in 15, 15-minute 15 meals, was a bestseller in 2015, having sold 900,000 copies. During this coronavirus pandemic lockdown, he's begun a daily morning YouTube live stream called with joe to try and help children stay active he live his live stream has been viewed by millions and he has around half a million live viewers every morning i mean that's unbelievable isn't it joe is now interested in the role of exercise that exercise plays in maintaining good mental health rather than weight loss or looking lean what an evolution it's been for joe wicks what a wonderful conversation it was to participate in even though as i've shared many times it is like looking through a misty mirror into a past where i instead of picking up crack i picked up a dumbbell he's as beautiful on the inside as he is on the outside that joe wicks it's a fantastic conversation but before we get into it let me give a bit of promo sign up to my mailing list on russellbrand.com. check out my youtube video, uh, channel for spiritual videos and uh, follow me on social media, you know how to do all of that. It's uh, at Rusty Rockets on Twitter and everywhere else it's just Russell Brown. Spiritual videos are particularly good. Um, Thanks for your comments on the Wim Hof episode. He's another fantastic person to have access to during this peculiar time. Let's have a look at some of your comments. Radical fool. The world needs this kind of advice more now than ever. Let's stop being blobs. Yeah, I agree. Barbara Schmeifelenig says, Russell doesn't seem too thrilled about climbing the mountain. You're right about that, Barbara. I'm scared about climbing Kilimanjaro in a day in my pants with Wim Hof in September, but I am seriously considering it. Ben Spears, I did this along with Russell and Wim. He means the breath exercise. It was a really good experience. Thank you guys so much. Couldn't believe you get so much from breathing. If you haven't listened to it yet, do check it out. There are uh, You can get it on, of course, for, on my Luminary media feed, and some of it's on YouTube as well but it's well worth subscribing to this i mean you probably have subscribed to listen to it right now aren't you right okay let's get into joe wick shall we what a wonderful young man what an informative illuminating and positive conversation i hope you enjoy it trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route that's 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 exactly right we're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss doesn't look like an ideology What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told. And Welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. Joe Wicks. I've never spoken to a person who's standing up with a map of the world in the background. Tell me what's going on for you at the moment.
1: Well, mate, I've had an incredible few days, but I'm on such a high and I've been running off adrenaline. That I thought if I sit down, I might collapse and fall asleep. So I need to be up on my feet because I've been doing this live workout every day for the past six days on youtube i had the idea i called it P with joe because obviously the schools are closed i had no idea it was going to go global but i've been doing like national international pr at midnight for australia i've been all over the shop so i haven't really stopped to take a moment to breathe in and, and, and acknowledge what i'm doing and, and it's, I'm, I'm feeling really sensitive at the moment i'm feeling pretty vulnerable and the energy's just there and i know it's coming out so go easy on me mate yeah
0: In me, you have a friend and a supporter and perhaps a a version of yourself in the future if you don't continue to exercise and look after yourself with the same vigour that you have been. So, mate, you've become like the world's PE teacher. You went from being sort of a Britain's body coach, heartthrob and easy, accessible chef uh, fun and all of that kind of stuff and now suddenly you're finding yourself in a very different territory like now that we find ourselves in this lockdown situation and so what are you feeling other than tired
1: i feel overwhelmed i feel amazed by the response and the love that people have shared by sharing on twitter on newsletters with their school with head teachers with parents and you know even the journalists and the media that have come up come up to me and contacted me to share it and, and and spread it around the world but it really is global. I've been in Australia, people in Australia, Asia, South America, even Jamaica, India, like Pakistan, um, Kazakhstan. There's people messing me every day. So that's overwhelming if I stop and acknowledge it. We've had 20 million people view the videos in the past six days. And if you think about the average household, there's three or four people in the house. It's tens of millions. So it's making me feel quite proud. And you know when you have that feeling of immense proud um, and, and kind of happiness, it's emotional. So I, I did have a little breakdown the other night. I was writing this story and I was like, This isn't an overnight thing. I've been doing this for four years. This has been my true mission and purpose. Like we talk about, you know, profit versus purpose, and my purpose in life is to inspire, you know, people, especially young people, to exercise, to feel good, and and feel happier. And I've been visiting schools. You know, I went all around the UK in a Mini Cooper with my brother Nicky and a cameraman, and we had no one watching us. And we'd done that. We filmed it. We visited ten schools. We trained with ten thousand kids. So this ain't something I just woke up with an idea and I thought, let's just do live workouts. I've I've been doing it so to finally see the spotlight put on it. It's amazing. Like I'm I'm over the moon with it and I'm just trying to keep going and I'm thinking what can I do next? How can I reach more people because right now they need this more than ever.
0: How did this journey start for you? We both we have a, a mutual friend, your manager and mentor Bev, who's a dear friend of mine, Bev James, wonderful woman. How um how did you get from this position because my understanding is you started off as a like a personal trainer and now you're uh, the teacher of planet earth talk us through like uh, how you got into this position in the first place mate
1: well it's been a long journey and i actually posted a video in the new year called my eight year overnight success story because people see often you know you have this success on social media and you get book deals and you're doing tv shows and they think it's this thing that's just happened overnight and really i've been grafting from the very first moment i became a personal trainer um, to like, you know, going to run my boot camp and I'd turn up and there'd be no one there and I would, you know, I'd be in debt to my dad. I borrowed a couple of grand off my dad and I'd go home and I'd be crying in the morning. So I'd get home and I'd say like, dad, I don't think I'm gonna be able to pay you back. I'm not getting any clients. And, and, and so it's emotional. Like I've had times where I've been really, really struggling, but I've never had, a, I've always had a voice in my head saying you can do it, just keep going, you know, return. It will build and it will grow. And that's what happened with the boot camp. It's what happened with my YouTube. It's what happened with Instagram. So I've always got this kind of energy pushing something inside of me, is driving me forward to do all this stuff that I do. And it is I'm always giving. I just love I love making people feel good. I love knowing that I've got mums training with their kids at home. I've got depressed people exercising and people that are recovering from addiction, like feeling good and exercising that. That's my driving force. And that's why I feel like I've been successful, because it's my, my purpose is so clear.
0: That voice, what do you reckon it is, that voice that's driving you on?
1: I, I don't know. I've, I've never really stopped to think about it. But, you know, I don't come from a, a family of entrepreneurs. We're not, you know, I'm not, not an ambitious family who run companies and have got like ma- massive visions and dreams. You know, my dad, you, I've, you know, my old man, Gary, like, you know, he's been in of rehab for addiction. Like I've had a manic, I had a really manic, chaotic home life. Like it wasn't, it wasn't settled and calm and, and I wasn't being encouraged to go to university. All I had was, but one thing I will say, is I always had love. I always had my mum's love, my mum and dad's love. And they, I remember my mum saying to me, like, you can be a dustman or a doctor. I don't care what you are, as long as you're happy. And my dad said the same thing. Like, so that, that love and that support has been powerful. Um, but once I started doing what I felt like I loved and I was getting something out of it and I was enjoying it, it's just been this continual momentum. And I never used to talk about energy. I didn't really believe in all that and the universe and the secret and that and the law of attraction. But, mate, I feel it more than ever now because even before this pandemic, even before this was happening, I realized that my purpose, it's gone from being Lean in 15 and recipes and talking about fat loss and selling my 90 day plan and, and product based you know stuff to actually, I just love knowing that I'm getting kids exercising and bringing families together. And so I was on this path anyway. I was in tune with it. I was, on, I was in a flow state, if you like, you know, and I was just riding it. And now it's just like, boom, it's just elevated. And I'm, I'm on a rocket and I'm, I'm hanging on and it's spinning around the earth at a million miles an hour. But, I, but it's, I just feel like this is where I'm supposed to be right now in this moment in time.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. Where, we, I know, yeah, of course, I do know your dad, Gary, lovely fella. How? Where did you grow up? And tell us a bit more about what it was like when you was a kid in that.
1: So my mum left left home when she was 15. You know, she got kicked out of her home. She was living in a squat at 15 years old. She met my dad um, in a squat in Epsom. They had my brother, Nicky. She was 17 when she had Nicky year and a half later, she had me. So, she, you know, she's 19 years old with two kids and a drug addict partner in and out of rehab. And she raised us. And, I'm, and, I, and I love my dad. And we've got a great relationship now. But we, there was a lot of years where he was absent. And it was my mum that raised me. And my mum, bless her, like, she, she she always taught us right and wrong. And because of my dad's addiction, because of my dad's, the damage I saw that caused, you know, me and Nikki steered clear of that. We didn't want to go down that path. We weren't smoking weed. We were, we were training. We were exercising. We were playing sport. And... I made a decision at some point, somewhere along the lines, I decided that that weren't going to be my destiny, that weren't going to be my path. And, you know, we have a great, like I said, I'm really close to my family now. We've got a great relationship and my dad and, I, and I, I learned something from you, Russell, which was about, you know, and it really, when I, when I really took this on, when you said about addiction that, you know, when you're dealing with a drug going through depression, the, you really want to push them away. You just want to say, get the fuck out of my life. You, you're causing me too much pain. But what you need to do is hug them and bring them closer because, you know, the, the antidote is connection, isn't it? And I've learned that. So now when I know my dad's going through a low period, I'm texting him, I'm ringing him, I'm, I'm asking him how he is. I'm not judging him for being an addict because he'll always be an addict. He's, he relapses all the time. But I'm, but now as I've matured, I'm there for him and I'm loving him just, just how he is. Like whether he's smoking weed and going through depression or whether he's really happy and he's coming to see me in India and he's hanging out of us. I've learned that. And that was something you said in the, the, the Gabor Marti podcast that I listened to. It opened my eyes, mate, to to, to, to come and act that, that from a different perspective and, and loving an, an addict as opposed to like, get out of my face, I can't deal with you right now.
0: That's amazing that you're able to demonstrate that kind of compassion and patience. I, I still find that very difficult, even though I'm an addict in recovery myself. Other people's addiction can really bug me it can really affect me I can get very brittle very selfish and very self-centered so it's very inspiring to hear you talk like that Joe I hear that you you know and can tell from watching your content the content you do in addition to your excellent and inspiring fitness work that you're becoming more and more interested in mental health you mentioned it a bit a, a while ago tell me about how that transition's taken place mate
1: I'm so passionate now about the mental health conversation that's going on and I don't experience it myself. I don't experience depression, and anxiety, but I've had thousands of people, you know, sign up to my plan or whether they've done my YouTube workouts and I'm getting bombarded with DMs from, from people that are experiencing the positive side effects of exercise. So I've really got a good understanding. I'm not a psychologist and I'm not going to be, but I understand the way the brain works, especially around exercise, how it makes you feel. So you know, when I came out, Mr. Body Coach, lean in 15, in with a Lucy B, wallet, Bash. you know, it was all about getting lean, burning body fat, change the way you look, transform your body in 90 days. I don't mention that. I never talk about fat loss. I don't care about the weight. I don't care about how much you, how, you know, how you look and how, 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 how visually you change. I'm, I'm interested in the mental health and the long term effects of exercise. And so now my narrative is exercise to feel good. Do it because you want to feel energized. Like, you know, you know you, I know you're with your yoga and your exercise. When you exercise, you, can, you feel optimistic, you feel positive, you get more done, you're more patient with your kids, you're a better husband. It, it's, it's not even about looking good. Like Yeah, when you're young, it's about ego, it's about having abs, it's about going to IB from Vegas and being ripped up. I'm 34 now, I've got two kids. All I care about is waking up with energy and feeling positive and loving Rosie and, and being patient with Indy when she's having a meltdown. And, and that, that comes from exercise. So whoever is out there listening, it suffers from anxiety or depression or low self-esteem, exercise is the number one thing you need to turn to, even if it's 10 minutes a day, because you cannot deny and stop the effects of exercise. It is the dopamine, it's the serotonin, it's a chemical thing that's been proven to reduce depression. So before you, you know, turn to binge eating or addiction or drugs or, or antidepressants, try exercise. And it's hard because my dad says the last thing he wants to do when he's going through his low points is exercise. But I say, Dad, you know how it makes you feel. You always feel better. And when he does, he goes through his little half an hour run, then he comes back he's a different man. It changes. It physiological, the physiological state can change your mental state. It may be temporary, but you have that ability to do it every day. I
0: suppose, in a sense, there is no uh, actual gap between the mind and the body. They are symbiotic systems that needn't even necessarily be separate, given that the hormones and the neurological activity is housed within the same skin as the skeletal muscular structure. It's all one system when it comes to the crunch. But, Joe, um, you know, like when you're saying if there's anyone anxious out there or anyone with them issues, I still feel it. I still have, uh, like, Body image issues. I still think like, uh, oh, like my body ain't good enough. I don't, I like, I don't like myself sometimes. And also, like you were saying with your, with your dad there, I sometimes I, like, I used to, I was, I do yoga and I do Brazilian jiu jitsu. But obviously, you know, a contact sport like Brazilian jiu jitsu that's gone up the pictures with this coronavirus situation. I've been going on runs and stuff like that but sometimes last two days in particular i've felt very uh, low energy very low motivation do you ever feel like that and if you do how how'd you get over it
1: mate i, I mean I had, I had a moment yesterday and i've been feeling i've been on top of the world right i've been doing all this press and being super hyperactive and i'm so excitable and i'm loving it and i think in my head this is great i'm loving it i'm, I'm having the best time i'm i'm reaching millions this is exactly what i dreamed about this is my legacy that i said i was going to do And then last night, I'm laying in bed, right? And I woke up, I had the worst nightmare. So my subconscious mind, which is feeling this pressure and anxiety and stress potentially, I had a horrible nightmare that I've had before that my teeth were falling out. I just looked down and there's blood and my teeth are falling out and I keep moving them and they're wobbling. It's an horrible dream. And I've had it before when I've been going through a stressful situation. So you sometimes can't, you think on the surface you're good, but deep down, there's this energy going about your body and it, it comes out in dreams. It comes out in stress. And I woke up. I also had another dream the same night. I don't know if you've had this, Russell, but it's it's horrible where you have sleep paralysis. I was getting chased, right? And I was getting chased by people and they were trying to expose me and say something about me that wasn't true. And I was desperately trying to protect my image and my reputation. I was so upset by what they were saying. I just couldn't believe people were saying stuff about me and they were chasing me and they were catching up to me. And then I was screaming in my sleep, screaming like, help, help. And I was trying to move my body, trying to headbutt the sideboard and trying to kick Rosie. And I thought I was screaming really loud. And she says, you're right, darling, what's the matter? She said, all I was doing was going, help, help. help. <laughs> but I was stuck. <laughs> I was stuck <laughs> for about 30 seconds, it went on. And she, and she said, on. all I was doing was going, help, <laughs> and whispering, <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's, that's, the, that's the brain. That's the, that's the you know, it demonstrates that you can be amazing on the surface, but you can just bang, you're hit with this emotion and this feeling that you ain't invincible. Like you, you can't control these feelings. So. Yeah, I am overwhelmed and I've got to just slow down next week. I've got to say no to the PR. I've got to have a day off because I've been relentless for seven days, man. I swear to God, like Monday to Sunday, nonstop the phone, like 10-minute interviews, this, there. It's just, it's all too, it's become a bit much. So the answer is yes, I do struggle with it. And I also have days where I wake up just feeling discontent for no reason. I don't know why.
0: Well how'd you motivate how like say if you feel like that and then you know you've gotta do, you know, either your PT thing that you're doing for millions and millions of people live on YouTube or if it's um, you know, prior to this extraordinary time, how how do you what do you what's the dialogue like in your head that gets you from I'm not doing this to I am gonna do it?
1: It's always exercise, like it's always if I wake up feeling that, like, so I have days that I'll just call it like a discontent feeling where I wake up and I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I'm just not. I'm just like this weird sort of cloud. And I think, what's wrong with you? Like, what's the matter? And then I, as soon as I feel like that, I don't go downstairs and have a smash a you know bar of chocolate and like loads of biscuits. I get up and I go and exercise. I might do twenty minute hit session. I might go for a bike ride and. That's me acknowledging it and lifting it and getting rid of it. And so that's the power of exercise. Mm. Um, but again, that's not all the time. It's, it's rare. But when it does come, I really I feel ashamed. I feel upset that I've got this lovely house. And I'm looking at with my beautiful wife who I've dreamed about for years and my kids. And I'm like, why, why are you unhappy right now? And and then I just sort of snap out of it because exercise is the key. I think it is. It's, it's movement. It's, it's movement of the body. It's breathing. It's pushing your brain and your body to like work and, and sweat up and that. And then... You come out of it and you go, actually, I'm really grateful. And that, that's something you have to practice. It's a skill you learn.
0: Yeah, that is pretty amazing. I mean, what you're talking about there is discipline. And obviously the word discipline and the word disciple, obviously the same word. So it's like you've got a spiritual discipline that you can turn yourself to. Here's this quote I read the other day. Check this, Joe. This is Friedrich Nietzsche. There is more wisdom in your body than in your deepest philosophy. Like your body feels and your body knows a lot of the uh, like therapy that I do uh like uh, the therapy seemed very good and Gabor Maté done the same thing when he was on the podcast the other week like I was telling him because we was in Australia then and I didn't know what to do about whether to bring the family back or how I should react and all this stuff he goes when you're feeling these feelings of guilt he said where do you feel them?" I go oh, in my stomach in my stomach to the left he goes have you ever felt this feeling before I goes yeah yeah like I used to feel it a lot I used to feel it when I was a kid he then pointed out, well, then it evidently isn't the external circumstances then if you, cont- if you feel it regardless of the external circumstances, it's something you've got to deal with. And I think that Nietzsche quote and a lot of Ayurvedic philosophy, you know, the philosophies of ancient India, talk about there being a wisdom in the body. And now even in sort of new biological studies, it's been determined that there are neurological cells in the belly and neurological cells in the heart. So there's a kind of second brain in the belly, another brain in the heart. So what you're saying about absolutely no matter what, you go for a run. You don't go, I don't feel like a run or I don't feel like doing a hit session, so I'm just going to sit on my ass. You just don't do that. You no matter what, you make that commitment. You've sort of surrendered your self-will to this higher ideal, in a sense
1: that feeling you've just described about that, that feeling in your belly, like I've got that right now. I've had it all day. I've just, it's like a weird current running through me and it's like there. And like I said, I'm not a spiritual person, not a religious person, but I'm starting to feel that there is, there is, I don't care what anyone says, there is energy in our bodies throughout and externally. It's like, I feel like, I feel like a bit sick. Like I feel like I'm running on adrenaline and it's, I am a bit tired and I haven't eaten as much as I probably should have. But you know, it's, it's a weird sensation when you feel it. And so for me, when I've done this podcast, even I'm a bit tired, I'm going to go in the gym, I've got a little home gym, I've got a little treadmill and a bike, I'm going to jump on do 20 minutes, just to kind of level me out again and and reset my mind. And it's amazing, even 20 minutes of it really, really has that impact. So that's why it's such an important part of my life. And when I think back to my childhood, all the chaos and the doors getting slammed and the violence and the abuse that comes, you know, through uh, being in a home of addiction, it's, it was all, I always used to go running. I used to run to school. I'd be roller skating. I'd be climbing trees. I was always doing some kind of exercise. So I was never overweight, but I used exercise probably as a way to manage my feelings. And I still, I still feel like probably now as an adult, I'm doing exactly the same.
0: In this, Wow, that's pretty beautiful and deep there, Joe. It's like you're running, you're running from the sort of pain and trauma of your early life but there in your dreams like you said yourself there's a kind of paralysis what happens when the body has to stop moving now like you know me i'm 10 years i've got 10 years on you mate and like i remember like little times in my own life where there's been that sort of explosion of attention and that feeling of real purpose and i think you are you're well this note is pretty bloody obvious you're more together than i was and probably more together than i am but what i would say is that um i remember for example when i was getting right stuck into the politics do you remember when i was doing like youtube videos and talking about politics and all that stuff
1: the truth, yeah, big time, yeah, I loved it. Oh,
0: thanks, mate. Even,
1: even I'm not, I'm not political, but I did, I enjoyed your spin on it and your your, your opinion and, and the way you made it funny. And that's what I've always been in tune with you is your your comedy, and that's one of your greatest skills is how you make people feel, you make people laugh, right? So that's your gift.
0: You're lovely to say that, thanks, Joe. But there was like, like the thing that I think you're managing a lot better than I was able to manage, and I hope if I ever in that position again, I'll manage it better still. Is like, like that when um. When you're put in a position like you are, as like you've you're a, sort of a portal for a lot of attention, and you're using it to create a lot of good and a lot of positivity and reaching a lot of people and speaking to a lot of people, it seems you're really approaching it with an attitude of service, which is. I would, from what I've been taught, that's the correct attitude to have. Me, in the past, what happens is, is my little old ego takes over and I start thinking, hmm, this is about me. Everyone thinks I'm fantastic. I'm the most important political commentator in the world. I should probably bring down the government. I get all sort of like antsy about it and carried away. And before I know it, an implosion happens, you know, so I feel like that impulse that you're having there to sort of, you know, whether it's through your dream that, you know, like teeth falling out dreams normally mean sort of like big change or anxiety, but who can who can analyze dreams with any consistency because we all have different relationships to symbols and images um, and the, but the paralysis more clearly suggests that something in you is saying, right, Joe, take a little minute, mate, take a little minute, you know, to protect yourself, to preserve the source of all this energy. I sometimes think that all of us have a kind of a spiritual dimension. Well, I believe that we all have a spiritual dimension to our lives and all of us have a purpose. And You are living your purpose right now. And I would say that you have um, a a duty to preserve yourself and protect yourself so that you don't, you know, get the old burnout. Or if, you know, speaking from myself, don't go crazy and mental. You don't seem as likely that it seems like you've managed to learn the lessons of your family quite well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't have that. The thing about fame and I love you to talk about when you went to L.A., you know, when you went to America and it that fame, that bubble you're in just got even bigger and bigger and the ego just, you got affected even more. And I, I just, I don't feel like I've had that. I've had a real, you know, a gradual growth of like my social media and, you know, when it was TV or books, it wasn't like I had this overnight success. So even now when it's all going on and I went for a walk with Rosie up up to the Richmond park and, you know, a few parents were like, Oh, thank you, Mr. Wicks. You know, we love your workouts. And there's kids saying hello and that's, that's changed. I think there's gonna be a real shift in the, the, you know, the support that I, cause I'm delivering something that's I'm not selling you a product. I'm not trying to sell your, my book or, you know, it's like I'm just trying to help you get through this time and, you know, we've got kids Russell. so how hard is it when you've got to school your kid and suddenly become a teacher and you've got to, you know, keep them fit and active and engaged. It's difficult so I'm doing something that I think, I really think this, that this is the most important time of my life and I'll never do anything as impactful as I have done during this PE with Joe when we've been on this pandemic because so I don't think it will ever happen again. I don't think we will get into this position where the world will just stop spinning on its axes, and everyone will be at home. So this for me is, is my moment. And like I said, I've built up this opportunity and I've created this. And I said, I, had a pod, I was on a podcast a few months ago and a guy said, what do you want to be remembered for? What's going to be your legacy in 10, 20 years time? And I said, it will be my work with schools and, and changing the culture of fitness within, within the household. Because I went to some, you know, some tough places. I went up north, I went to the Midlands. I went to places where fitness is not on their radar. Um, you know, kids aren't encouraged to exercise, maybe for religious reasons or cultural reasons. And I I know that there's families up north and all over the world now um, and, and in London and, and in Surrey and in council states and blocks of flats in London and all over the place. It's not about demographic, but they're exercising with their kids for the very first time. And they're putting their bunny ears on and they're bouncing around and they're doing their kangaroo hops. So I know that that's going to have a long term effect on some families, not everyone but the people that do, it will change their lives forever because they will exercise and then they'll exercise with their kids and their kids. So that when I'm gone and I'm bored, I've lost my and I've got a big belly and I'm chilling out, there'll be someone still doing body coach workouts because they'll say, do you remember the time we done those Joe Wicks body, work, body coach workouts when we were all locked in in the pandemic?
0: That's lovely, mate. That's a lovely and optimistic way of looking at it. It's very um, good that you've seen this... Um, Potentially and actually, very difficult circumstance where you know people are in a lot of trouble. You've not focused on the negative aspects of it, you've just found a way of being of use. That's a really beautiful mindset that you've got there. You really do exemplify what you preach. You know, you are for real. I think that's uh, I, I really respect that about you, mate. Um, I also really think it was a diamond move and a generous move to donate. Uh, all the profits from your YouTube videos to, uh, well, well, tell me, what what did you donate it to?
1: So, you know, as a bit of context, when you have YouTube channel workouts or you've got a YouTube channel, you know, you can put adverts on and then YouTube will pay you like a little bit of revenue from that. So I've never, it's never been a massive part of my business. I'm not a YouTuber. I've got an online fitness business and I've got my cookbooks and, and whatnot. And so when Nikki said to me, Joe, like we've had, 20 million views in five days and he told me analytics and we looked at the number because it tells you the exact amount you, you know you raise through the revenue and the number's massive i'm i i have not announced it i mean i could if you want an exclusive a world exclusive i'll tell you what it's on now anyway the number's massive and i didn't yeah, want, I want a world to think exclusive
0: I, I do want world exclusives
1: do you want to know you, well first of all the number's massive the views have been insane and i didn't want people to think for a second that i did this to benefit financially so i said look Let's donate the money we raised from all of these videos from the start of this campaign. It's not, there's no advert when it's live, but when they go back and watch it, there's a little advert that pops up. So, you know, when that revenue comes in from every video from now until the end of time, until I'm, you know, I'm still doing these videos, 100% is going to go to the NHS because, you know, I love the NHS. I went to Kingston Hospital know, I had Indian and Rosie, sorry, Indian and Marley were born there. I went there the other day because I fell off me bike. They fixed me wristlet. <laughs> and they're, they're struggling mate it's hard It's hard work down there and they I don't need the, I don't need that money and I, I feel better I, I feel happy and I'm proud that I'm giving to NHS and, and it weren't even a tough decision but mate in the past seven days alone the estimated revenue is $85,000 just on six videos that's amazing that?
0: that's mental well done so you're the
1: only person that you're the only person that knows that only me and Nikki know that I haven't because I don't want anyone to you know I, it might not continue that I didn't want to say oh it's going to be this much money but Every single penny, 100% of it's going to go to one of the NHS charities, and, and I'm proud of that because now it means everyone that does a video, whether they go back in six months or you know six six weeks or whatever, they that revenue is going to go back into the NHS system, and I'm I'm well happy with that, mate. It's amazing. It's going to be mad the numbers going to be bonkers mate it's, it's incredible it's
0: brilliant it's already a fantastic achievement it's brilliant that you're doing it and it's a uh, icing on the cake not that a cake is the sort of thing that you'd be peddling you fitness guru you oh, I love a cake, I love cake. <laughs> you're <so sweet>. carrot <laughs> cake I'm a bit of a carrot cake man it's a uh, it's a really brilliant thing that you've done there and it's made me think um like cause we do stuff on YouTube as well and we've been talking about who should we who should we give it to if there's any profit we're not watched by anything like the number of people that watch your stuff but like uh I'm I'm thinking maybe we should think of mental health or addiction aspects of the NHS to make a donation to. So you've not only have you done all that good yourself, you've also made me think about it and inspired me to think, oh, yeah, yeah, I could do that. So thanks.
1: Yeah, mate, do it. I mean, it's wonderful, isn't it, to know that, you know, it's going somewhere that's going to be going to be useful and whatever's whatever's dear to you. I was trying to think of a global charity so that everyone around the world would feel like they're donating. But I thought, you know, majority of the views are coming from the UK. And ultimately, like, you know, the NHS are amazing at the moment and they're they're working so hard. But I I, I just I just can't believe the support. It's been amazing. So thank you to everyone that has tuned in and, and watched those videos. And um, you know, thanks again for helping me grow it and share it. And just for the just for the record, like I've never made that much money on YouTube. It's not like that. And it will drop, you know, it won't, it's not like a revenue stream that's gonna be like forever. But while I'm doing this and there's all this attention, everyone's doing these views, that's why that number's so big. It will not be like forever. I'm not gonna be like, you know, breaking the bank every month on YouTube because it's not why uh, my money It's not where I earn my money from
0: yeah no nice one it's a brilliant thing that you've done it's a, and it's also i think it creates a lot of optimism how are you de- dealing with being at home with your kids and that mate how's that going?
1: Yesterday was the first day it's got to me and I, I I was honest about it you know I'm trying to be a great dad, I'm trying to come down and do the breakfast and cook dinner and trying to keep the house tidy, and then I'm trying to do all the interviews and, and the workouts. So it's just tough when you've got two babies. Like when you've got the first one, and they cry, you pick them up instantly, there's no crying, you can just soothe them. But when you've got one, and you've got one rolling around in, the, in a pooey nappy, and you've got to try and get the other one's milk ready, it's, it's, it's really, it's meant, I think, I think that the most, the most challenging thing mentally for any human being is two screaming babies at once when you're on your own and you're trying to trying to calm and settle them, it's the most intense thing ever you go from being super calm to bang, 100%, and they're screaming in your face, and in my head, I'm just screaming, is please, just leave me alone, but I have to take a breath, and like, like you might know this, you can practice patience, and you can practice tolerance, and I'm, I'm learning to train that muscle so that I can have a breath and pause and, and, and before I vocalize, and that's helped me a lot, because I've learned to stay really calm even when Indy's having a real meltdown. If we're on a plane, or on a bus or somewhere public, I'm just learning to be calm. And when I was a kid, trust me, my mum was screaming and shouting at me. It wasn't like that. So my default setting is to just go, shut up, leave me alone. But I'm training my mind, because otherwise, you'll be screaming at each other and you just make it worse. You've got to be calm. You have to show emotional control because this is one thing I've learned. A baby does not have a rational brain. No matter how much you want them to, they don't understand that you're trying to make them breakfast. They just, give me that breakfast. I need it now. Whereas I have to le- learn to be calm and I'm really I'm really practicing that with Indy and I'm trying to set a good example to it, you know, with Rosie and Marley as well.
0: Yeah, I find the same thing. That's hard, isn't it? Because because sometimes, like especially our three year old, she's quite articulate and smart. So you start to think, oh, she's like a just a little adult, but she ain't. She's not got a fully formed rational brain I'm 44 and some would argue that I still don't have one so that kid sometimes like I, I really want to like go to, I, I want it the same as you I want to go
1: just shut up shut up <laughs>
0: I want to have full blown yeah, rounds leave me with alone
1: her. just for five minutes
0: yeah but you can't can you because like you know sometimes yeah sometimes whether it's like they want food or they, like, and sometimes what about this sometimes they won't actually tell you what it is they want like they're just uh, like being unhappy and I'm like what, what, actually, what do you want tell me I'll go and get it they won't so Indy's new me.
1: thing Indy's new thing is she just goes daddy daddy Joe Joe she's learnt my name she goes Joe <clears throat> and she'll scream and shout and I go yeah what darling uh, oh I'm okay and then she'll be like strawberries give her strawberries then she's asking for a mum so it is tough but like I said my default setting is to be impatient and be snappy and intolerant because it's what I learned from my dad and my mum it's all I ever learned. and so for me I'm working on it I'm working on it every day and sometimes I'm not perfect but you, you can choose, you have the ability to choose how you react to a stressful situation. You can have a meltdown, scream and shout and see them get more upset. Or you can just say, right, she just wants her food. She doesn't understand that I'm trying to keep things quiet and have a nice, you know, peaceful dinner. It just doesn't work." So you have to get down on their level and just calm your breath for a second. And I don't meditate, but when that happens, I literally, I feel myself going, I go. <laughs> and I take a moment and I go, are you all right, Andy? What's the matter, darling? What can I help you with?
0: Oh, you're good, aren't you? Listen, why don't you meditate?
1: I've tried, mate. I tried doing the calm app. I tried doing Headspace, and I'm sitting there, and like Bev got me on it as well. And we tried to do it. me and Bev tried to do like a seven day meditation challenge, and it's so funny because she's like me, loves being busy, always on it, always you know emailing and working and, and kind of productive. And I'd sit and I go, Bev, I've given up. I can't get past day three, and she goes, Yeah, don't worry, darling. Me too. What we 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 accepted was we are mindful that we can't be mindful. And so me, my meditation is exercise. Like when I'm sitting there, I'm sitting, I'm just breathing and I'm trying to, I'm like, oh, I could be doing better stuff. I could be excellent. And so my brain's racing and I've tried and tried to slow it down. And I'm the fidgety guy in yoga. I'm the guy twitching and I'm the guy like moving about. And you're like, come on, chill out, get rid of him. He needs to do dynamic stuff.
0: That's so interesting. Like, But see that paralysis dream. Right now, look, of course, I'm going to come like, you know, when I when I was your age, I've barely given up smack so I can hardly criticize you for not meditating <laughs> two hours a day. But like my point is that, um, that I think that everyone would benefit from a spiritual dimension to their life. You've already said, like in this conversation, mate. things like there's a voice inside me that says keep going keep going you've said that you've got this energy and this purpose and this drive you said that you recognize it's more important to be of service to other people than to uh you know learn to profit yourself or to grow yourself all these things are sort of spiritual ideas that you are individually discovering and and another idea that sits alongside them is a practice of meditation And, and it's not for anyone to tell anyone else you know what their spiritual practice should be but like the advantage of sort of uh, say mantra meditation or breath meditation as opposed to uh, the more dynamic things that come easily to you is precisely the opportunity to get beyond that thinking because like me like anyone when i first sit down to meditate i'm like you know i sit down and i'm thinking oh no i can't be bothered to do this but i want to move around i start remembering things from the past projecting things from the future thinking of different ideas But what I was taught by... um, I I learned meditation off Bobby Roth from the David Lynch Foundation and they'd happily teach you meditation, mate. I tell you that now. You return to the mantra right? You don't judge yourself for thinking. The mind does think. But what, like, doing the, like, returning to the mantra starts to show you is that we are not our thoughts. We are the awareness that houses our thoughts. And it makes you, a lot of things you've already spoken about, about the capacity of exercise to release, uh, you know, dopamine and serotonin, you start to realize that there's some larger system that's housing the identity that's housing the thoughts, that's housing even anatomy itself and there's a real peace and and I think that you know, it's mad for me to be even... I'm not, I'm not offering you advice. I'm just having a conversation because you're obviously doing very, very well. No, I'm listening. I'm well.
1: listening. I, I need to hear this. Go on. I need to hear it.
0: Well, I feel like, you know, you're a person that's very, very interested in self-improvement and awakening. And I also feel like there's one bit where you just sort of went, I'm not spiritual, and then you adjusted it to not religious. And I feel like that spirituality, this time of coronavirus, this time of global lockdown is a time where people are going to have to look at what what our priorities are on an individual level and a collective level. We've learned that it is possible to change the way we travel, the way we communicate, the way we interact. And my sense is, without wanting to take us into choppy political waters, that post-coronavirus, there'll be one side of the argument that's about maintaining control measures, and there'll be another side of the argument that's like, hey, we learned some interesting stuff during that time. We learned some things about ourselves, And I think that... If someone like you was to get into meditation, I think it would have a a big impact, I think, on you individually. I think you'd start to discover latent uh, potency and power within yourself. And I think also anything that you're enthusiastic about will catch on like wildfire. So I'd really really like to encourage you to try it.
1: Yeah, no, listen, I'm hearing you, and I do, I totally agree, and my brother Nicky's practicing meditation, and we work together, you know, symbiotically in a sense that we're so switched on all the time, we're so engaged with our community, and my dad's a big, you know, he does a lot of yoga and meditation, and constantly trying to, it's like me trying to say, Russell, eat healthy, you're going to feel great, go and exercise, mate, you're going to feel, you're going to love it when you're anxious and depressed, go and exercise, and I'm hearing that from you, and I just need to take it on board and give it another go, but I I know I know the value of it and I really do want to get into that mindset. I, I, I follow a lot of people that do meditate and promote it and I just, I've just i never just had that time to sit and like you said, it's about practice. It's about giving it another go and I'll, I'll take that on board, mate. And this week, I think I need it more than ever. I'll, I'll have a little session. I'll sit down and do some, but talking about spirituality and stuff and that question of looking inside, I've, I have really weird, deep thoughts about my life on earth and my existence and I, I can sit there, just be talking with Rose and I'll go... Why am I here? Like, what are we doing? How am I here? And I zoom out and my brain zooms out and I see the earth. Then I see the galaxy. And I'm like, I get really confused. And I've started asking myself, am I doing enough? Like, is what I'm doing enough? A- am I generous enough? Am I too greedy with food? Like, am I kind enough? I'm up, literally literally since, since this pandemic thing even more because I walked down the high street and all the shops were closed. And I was like, why do I need another pair of trainers? Why am I thinking, oh, I wish I could go in that shop? Why do I need more money in the bank? And I'm, so I'm asking myself all these questions, but because I don't know the answer to it, I, I find myself getting confused about it. Do you ever have that where you think, what am I doing here?
0: Yes, I do think that. And also I've contemplated and thankfully been taught that what some of the answers to, at least some of the easier questions you just posed were. The reason that, you know, we care about- We'll
1: enough- never know though. Well, we, we'll never truly know. Like we'll never know how it started and- why we talk about the science and the, and and the religion and stuff, but we'll never know. So you have to just keep moving forward, don't you, and just live in the now.
0: We might not know the like the the mind of God or what the moment of creation was, other than from a physics perspective, where they can trace you know certain uh, aspects of how the material universe began. But to talk, to address some of your points there, mate, like when you said, why is it that we, you know, focus on consumerism and new pair of trainers or money? It's not a coincidence. We're born into a culture that tells you relentlessly that that is what you should be doing, that success looks like a lot of money, success looks like a lot of power, success looks like domination, success looks like more and more pairs of trainers or pairs of pairs of trousers or better, constantly updated phones, because... This is how the systems that we live within sustain themselves. The more and more people that start to wake up as you are doing and start to question the value of consuming as the primary means for making yourself feel better, then those systems will start to break down. The more people that start to get their self-esteem from helping one another, from loving one another, from building community, from helping other people's kids, from looking outside of themselves, then it's going to be harder for transnational corporations and potentially oppressive and manipulative governments to maintain their power. So whilst, of course, like everyone else that's ever existed, I don't know the answer to the biggest questions in life. I do know why human beings have had their primal natures directed towards consuming. It's because the kind of civilizations that we live in require us to think like that. And you, mate, you're waking up in the pod. You're waking up in the cell and realizing, hang on a minute, This isn't really what I want. How much money do I need? And like, look, I go back and forth on that all the time. When I'm frightened, I feel like, oh, bloody hell, I need to be able to get myself an island somewhere. I need to be able to retreat from this madness. But when I feel close to what I call God, when I feel safe, when I feel protected, when I feel like I've got purpose, and I think I will be guided, I will be shown. You know, that force that's taken you from the kind of chaotic childhood that you describe to being the world's PE teacher, that force is looking out for you, and we can call it whatever we will, but I know, I know that there's more to it than just a, a set of rational decisions being made. I know that there's something carrying you.
1: Do you think anything's gonna change then? So I'm hearing you, but do you really think that people are gonna change? Because I you know, is it just gonna go back to normal and suddenly it's like we're we're back in the shops, we're buying everything we need, we're overeating, we're, we're overindulging. Because I think people seem to think there's just an unlimited supply of everything. And now, more than ever, I've had this anxiety, and I'll, I'll use this word because I do feel anxious about it. I've got a baby, right? I've got Indian Marley, and I didn't used to think about where my food came from. I didn't think about our bananas got to me and our berries were picked and strawberries, like but now I think about it and I think about how will the world look, how will the oceans look in 50 years time? And Indian and Mali will be around then; they're going to be alive. And, and I'm starting to feel anxious. Do you know what I mean about that? Like about having kids and bringing them into the world because it don't seem to be slowing down. The population ain't slowing down. We ain't we ain't changing our ways on the earth. We're doing more and more. And so that what that frightens me. That's the only thing I can honestly say. I, it, I'm not scared of death. I'm scared of how the world will look when I'm gone for my kids.
0: That's lovely That'd be, that's a nice that's a do nice Do you think quote. about
1: that is that is that deep or do you, have you ever thought about that Of
0: course I do mate I've got two young kids myself and I, think, I do wonder, like, what this epidemic has provided is a lot of time for reflection. A, a lot of people, of course, are really suffering both economically and medically, and there's a lot of fear. But also, a, a lot of us are being given time, a little bit of respite, to consider what it, what are we doing with our lives? Because, like you said, mate, I agree, Joe, we live as if these resources are infinite. Zaya Tong, this um, uh, science entertainment broadcaster that came on the show, she said, in this age of surveillance, We can watch everything except where our food comes from, where our energy comes from and where our waste goes. Everything else you can look at on camera. Why is it that those things are excluded? Mostly because it would make us balk. You know, the sort of same consumer impulse that we talked about before that makes us think about earning money and buying trainers, that same system requires that we don't think about, hold on a minute, what are the consequences? Now, you know, like prior to coronavirus, climate change was a massive news cycle story. Everyone was banging on about it all the time. Of course they were. And one of the few positives that's emerged from this situation as well as people reflecting is that, you know, that there's been some environmental positives that have come from it. But like those of us that are parents and those of us that aren't parents because we are all part of the same lineage. We're all part of the same species. We're all part of this planet, the planet that I can see mapped out behind you there. That's where every single thing that's ever described in history took place on this rock. And it is limited. There are limited resources. So we do need a bit of a tune in we do need to be aware like that like a lot of indigenous folk mate you know i've been like learning a little bit about this like the aboriginal people of australia australia they think in terms of someone explained to me seven generations they don't just think well what's good for me they think what's it going to be like for my kids 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 like how are them guys going to be living you know we're part of that joe we don't want to just spend our lives accumulating money in sports shoes we want to contribute to the The prosperity of our planet
1: yeah, and the thing that I find hard when I do have them moments and I think about it in depth is that it's all right for us. We are living in a developed country. We have sanitation. We've got water, food. We've got resources. We can live this amazing, comfortable life. But in, you know, I went, to, um, I went to Sierra Leone. I've, I've been to you know, Asia and, and India, and I've seen how, how they want economic growth. They want to have an amazing life. They want to have all the things that we've got. So we're trying to tell them to slow down, right? And I, I don't know if you follow the national... Do you follow the Nat Geo Instagram account?
0: Oh, no, I will, though.
1: The Nat Geo one. It's amazing. So the other day, there was a video, and it was—I broke my heart. I was so upset when I saw it. It's a, it's a picture of someone dropping a plastic bag off a bridge into the river, and it talks about how it's the river that leads to the Ganges, right? And it's completely decimated. There's no life. There's no fish. There's nothing. It's, it's irreversible. Like, and, I, and I see that, and I just i can't help but be so upset, and it's nothing I can do because I'm recycled. I'm doing my bit here. But there's people that don't have the resources. They don't have anywhere to throw their rubbish. They don't have anywhere to to do that. So it's all going in, this, in the rivers and the, in the oceans. And that same river comes back to our ocean. It's not even like we're we we're, we're in that. We're in it together. And so when I see this stuff and I you know I follow Gre- Greta Thunberg and all this, and it just breaks my it it really breaks my heart. But what can I what can I do other than do my bit right now here? You know, in well, my mate. house.
0: I suppose one thing we can do at this time of reflection is think about how we can continue to um, practice our own particular skills like you in the world of fitness, which I think you're increasingly practicing from a place of awakened spirituality and me with my constant oratory and gabbling on. We can think, is it possible for us to do what we do outside of the conventional systems of capitalist consumerism, i.e., ultimately, what you and I do ends up being a business that we make money from, and other people make money from. Now, we, as individuals, there's very little we can do, but the consequences of a planet full of individuals, to some degree, doing you know as well as they can on the hierarchical structures we exist on, whether you're earning low wages, you know, flipping burgers, or you're earning high wages, chatting on the internet, or training millions of people. We're contributing to a system that leads to it requires continual growth, endless growth. Like the thing you said at the beginning, you can't have endless growth on a limited planet. But GDP, gross domestic product, um, requires continual, ongoing profit always. And one of the consequences of that is every single decision that gets made has to be made with profit in mind. Like, so if it's like let's dis- let's use these this kind of plastic because it's cheaper, they'll bloody use that kind of plastic. You know, let's dispose of things in this way. They'll dispose of things in that way and whenever you're in doubt about something Joe I think about like one of the things I do is think who's makes money from things being this way who benefits from p- things being this way and the answer will always come to you mate but well, what can we do you and I can continue to awaken continue to have conversations like this and look for the opportunities because believe me the same way as the opportunity came for you to become the world's PE teacher other opportunities will come for you particularly if you're dedicated to awakening you're alright mate you're getting tired little Joe Wicks
1: no, no, I'm listening. I'm 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 listening intently, mate. And I I always sometimes you say things that confuse me, but you've really on this whole conversation I've understood everything you're saying and I, I've just I'm I'm listening and I and I just I think it's amazing. I love the message you've got and I I feel the same. And Like you said, if we can have this conversation, a million people or a hundred people or a thousand people will hear it. That's positive because we are talking about sound that means something and when this is said and done and we reconnect and we reunite as a as a as a population, we start travelling again, maybe we will think differently. Like I was in Costa Rica with, with um, Indy and, and Marley and Rosie and all like, a, it's such a weird thing, but I went past the banana plantations and the pineapple plantations. So there's people picking bananas in Costa Rica. Then when I got home, I saw a pack of bananas from Costa Rica that I paid a pound for. And one of them went off, it went rotten and I threw it in the bin. And I just couldn't help but think about someone picked that banana in Costa Rica and who, who am I and how ungrateful that I've taken that banana and thrown it in a bin. And so I do, I am thinking so differently like, about where stuff's coming from and how cheap that costs me and how I just throw it in the bin and how someone probably got paid a dollar for picking them bananas. And bruv, I've picked bananas in Australia when I was backpacking. I know what it's like humping bananas, mate. It's not an easy job. I, I did it for about three weeks and nearly passed out. Like, And so do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm aware of everything I eat. And every time I put something in the bin, there's an, there's an emotional response in my mind. It's like, can I recycle this? Can I, can I not do this again? And, and it's, it's just... It's definitely something that's awakening. Like you said, it is, an awake- it is an awakening for sure. And I hope that everyone out there listening is having that, That maybe that same little thought every now and again and, and build on that and, 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 and improve and, and let's just do better for, for each other.
0: You're so beautiful and you're so sincere and lovely. It almost makes me cry listening to you. Um, I had a similar experience to that banana one you just described. I'd done a few years back, I'd done a thing for Comic Relief where they took me out to um some place out in uh uganda where they dump like all the, these vast rubbish tips right and there's kids that operate on that rubbish tip um and they're they're, it's, they're run by gangs even though it's this lowest of the low thing scavenging from rubbish tips it's still got organized crime around it i thought bloody hell this is mental and one of the things the kids were most looking for was bottle tops because if they could gather enough plastic bottle tops or whatever they could you know like get it together for a few pennies or dollars or whatever it was it was this was messed up mate there were pigs living in this tip like all like ratting you know, ratting around in the rubbish there were these weird quite terrifying yeah, it's emotional st- isn't it it's rough man there's these stalks casting big shadows over it and when i got back to i was living in los angeles then i was in a different sort of circumstance i remember like for a while every time i went to put a plastic bottle top in the bin i thought oh man this ain't right this ain't right but eventually you get seduced back into going to sleep. You get seduced back into thinking about yourself, just thinking about our world we're doing on social media, you know, or if you're not making any money, you're just living the grind, trying to hold your stuff together, basically pursuing your individual life narrative instead of recognizing we're all part of a collective interconnected interdependent system. And that we need to, as you said a minute ago, mate, support one another and awaken where we can. But like one of the things we have to believe, I think like you say, with your area of expertise, you know, where you're, achieved mastery at a young age physical fitness like you first thing you have to do is believe in it you have to believe this is possible you wouldn't do the stuff you do if you didn't believe it was effective your passion is what translates people see you talk about it hear you talk about it and they think oh my god i can do this i can do this now if we can translate that attitude to you know why don't you wake yourself up spiritually why don't you see if you can disconnect from systems of consumerism it will, believe me, be infectious. Because when you said, oh, in them developing countries, they want the same things we want, that's not a coincidence. They've been hit with the same marketing messages we have. That People don't, aren't born wanting iPhones, but by the time they're a year old, they bloody want them, mostly because I keep sticking them in their cots to shut them up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's the iPad. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And no, I, do, I do understand where you're coming from with that, that thing about um, when you went to Uganda. I right? had the same experience. I went to Sierra Leone. I went to Freetown. I saw kids barbecuing fish next to like feces and pigs and 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 i really wanted that to change me i wanted to i was amazed and i was emotional and i found it beautiful i met the most wonderful people who were all smiling and i really saw community i saw people that had absolutely nothing and were looking after each other and and were like so kind to each other and had the biggest smiles on their faces and i i wanted to i wanted to come home and it changed me right and it and it's so amazing how quickly you, you're walking down the street oh i better get the new apple watch just come out you know and I better um, change my trainers this month. They're a bit scuffed. And it's like, you just, it is almost like we're robots. If you think about that, I'm drawn to it. I need that. And it's like, I don't need that Apple Watch. I don't need that upgraded phone. But we do. We're so bombarded with the messages that that is what makes people happy. We need all this stuff. We need to be in, in amazing hotels and we need to be eating the, the finest food. And I don't know, it's just when you feel like that, you feel shit, don't you? You don't feel good when you just go back to a normal life being being the body coach or being Russell Brown. It just, it it ain't a nice feeling when you feel like that.
0: No, because once you know that there's a different life out there for you, going back to sleep ain't cool. Like Adam Curtis, a brilliant filmmaker, you should watch some of his stuff, Joe, like Bitter Lake, Century of the Self, where he sort of charts how consumerism and the profession of marketing happened. He makes these things super simple and enjoyable through the use of archive footage. He's a brilliant genius, um, is uh, Adam Curtis. He said to me this thing: We've been taught that um, freedom. Uh, we've been taught that freedom is freedom to pursue our petty, trivial desires. But true freedom is freedom from our petty, trivial desires. The minute we don't want the watch, or we don't want the trainers. We're free. We're free then. We we think we're free because we can get it. Oh I have another one, I have another one. That's not freedom. We our consciousness, our life belongs to someone else. You know, it's like being in a comfortable penitentiary. It's like doing bird, but in comfort. Stay in your houses, buy and I'm not even talking about with the corona lockdown, I'm talking in general. Go to these places, watch these T V shows, live this life, buy this stuff, that's your lot, good night. You know, like we're all gonna die with whether with or without corona. We've got a limited amount of time here, and what's very uh, inspiring and encouraging about listening to you is you're a man who's connected to purpose you're a man who's connected to meaning doing something of value which always is going to boil down to helping other people and i believe that's because we're all connected we're all one deep down underneath our many many differences and beautiful individual differences we're all coming from the same source and i think that when people are plugged into that like you increasingly are i think it's beautiful
1: yeah the power of community is, is so 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 important, like you said, we have a big opportunity to speak to millions, but your community could be your friend and family, your mum, your dad like it doesn 't have to be millions of people, but I think with social media there's this my little cousin experiences is he 's a lovely kid he 's got the biggest heart and he 's got a little podcast that he 's doing because he wants to change the world he wants to you know affect millions and I, I always say don't put that pressure on yourself like focus on helping even if a hundred people listen like it's, it's powerful you're helping people and we sometimes forget that because, because you see successful people achieving so much on such a global, massive scale that you kind of feel like, well, whatever I do ain't enough. It's never going to be good as what Russell's doing or what Joe's done or what Elon Musk is doing. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's kind of, it, it almost makes you feel like you're not doing enough. But I suppose what I'm saying is if you are listening, focus on looking after your immediate friends and family, your local community. and And hopefully now with this pandemic, people are doing that. They're having to, right? For the first time ever... We're having to look out for our neighbours and we're having to take care of the people around us, the elderly that, you know, often get forget forgotten about. So you're, you're right. I've, I really hope that some long term changes will come from this and we can all look back and go, you know, we 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 came out better after that pandemic. We came out better together and more connected and more, more, more loving and stuff.
0: Oh, man, what a lovely, positive message. Joe, you're such a I'm so, I'm so grateful that we've had this bit of time together to have a little bit of a chat and a little bit of a connect and to talk about. Some of the things that matter, and I, I agree with you. You're right. Like, I um, it sounds like I only do nice things when it's for comic relief, which equates to I only do nice things if it's on the telly. <laughs> but I've done this other thing once that like <laughs> was a fundraiser for drugs and everything. Well, not for drugs, for drug addicts, actually. I'm not trying to get more drugs. That's the, actually the last thing they need, like this, to get people off drugs. I've been to
1: one of your shows, one of your comedy shows. One yeah, of the shows be... you do for the, yeah, it'll be that one. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've supported Mate, mate I, went, I was at, I was at, uh, maybe Shepherds Bush or Hamish of Apollo a Messiah Complex. I've seen you at Richmond Theatre and I've, I've always, always secretly wanted to come on your podcast but I said to Fern, I really want to go on Happy Place and Russell Grant's podcast but I've never wanted to ask you. So the fact that you've asked me, I appreciate it. I, I love you for that. So thank you, mate, for, for helping me spread my message to the world as well, you
0: know? Oh, you're lovely. You're doing well enough without me. Let me tell you, but it's, yeah, it's a, a real pleasure to have you on here. Once when I was doing something for that comic relief, it was a, like a big audience. It was like at Wembley arena and it was on BBC one. And I felt, oh, I'm doing a really positive thing here. I'm bringing a message of addiction and recovery to lots and lots of people. But, i was in my professional edge you know what i mean i was thinking about performance and that kind of thing but like someone that was also there introduced me to his son and said like oh, my son's having a bit of problem a bit of trouble with the drugs and that will you talk to him and in that moment we were just at the side of the stage and me and this lad had a bit of a chat about drugs and how i feel about addiction and how i feel about myself and that i use drugs because i don't feel good enough and he was saying he feels the same way And that moment there, mate, which was just one on one, that was the most real thing that happened for me that night. You know what I mean? It felt very like a real connection. So the thing you say to your uh, mate or cousin or whatever you just said there, like that's I believe that to be true because. Uh, like it says in that film Schindler's List uh, he who saves one life saves the world entire that all reality is happening within us within consciousness itself we get attracted to the big glamorous things we all want to be Premier League we all want to be lifting the trophies but the the subtle more beautiful intimate connections that's where it really gets you the little acts of human kindness that can just bring you to tears you know so we've that's the that's the that's the banquet that we want to be attending you know that's the thing we want to get to man
1: yeah man i agree that is it that's it and that's you have, you've had those feelings where you you know you've helped someone do something so little and you haven't wanted anything in return and you feel amazing for it and there's a reason because it is about loving, in it, so, and I realise that the more I, the more love I give, the more energy I put out, the more positivity I put out in the world. It comes back in a wave. It comes back in a wave of energy, of a real, a real thing you can experience. Whether you're helping, like you know, your mum or your cousin or your someone you work with, it, it feels good to help others. And my a friend of mine just got into into therapy in, in rehab, and he's, he's he's gone through the twelve steps, and he's um, not rehab, so he's been going to meetings, and he started he's sponsoring other people, and he said, Joe. I've never felt so alive. I've never felt so happy giving back, doing, you know, doing um, meetings on Zoom and he's doing chairs and, that, and he's speaking to 100 people around the world because he's giving back and he's only 130 days clean and he said he's the happiest he's ever been. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's incredible, Joe. That's incredible, mate. Listen, this is what I want to say You'd to you. You'd love him.
1: He's, he's my best mate. You'd absolutely love him. He's it, it, just so inspiring. And I keep saying to him, mate, like, just keep going. I'm so proud of you. Like, you're now using your sobriety and your. Positive love to help others that are really struggling. He's WhatsApping them and keeping them on there, keeping them on track. And it's it's amazing when you see someone. He's basically doing what I'm doing on a micro scale with a hundred users in the UK, and that's just as powerful. That's amazing. And I keep I keep texting him every day like, mate, you're smashing it. Keep going. And he, he he by him helping other people, he's 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 so focused and so positive, and he ain't thinking about drugs and that. That is an example of helping someone else to feel to feel connected and to feel that like you've got purpose. That's it. That's his purpose and he's smashing it.
0: Brilliant. If you want, give him my number if you want, mate, and he can reach out to me if he wants to chat about all that kind of business. It always helps me to talk to other people in my position with the old addiction.
1: He would love that, mate. He would really love that. That'd be brilliant.
0: And now what I'm going to suggest for you is like, um you know, obviously just keep going. You're doing amazing stuff. Keep trusting whatever it is in you that's brought you from where you were to where you are now. Keep cultivating that. But I am, if you want, mate, I'll hook you up with a, a meditation connection so that you can uh, learn that stuff in a way. That um, you know, where it may stick a little bit more, and if you want, we'll hook up Bev with it and all, oh, and your missus, whoever, just to give I'd it a little that. chance. I'd love that. I think if
1: I, I think I'm the I'm the kind of person that would probably need to be coached for it to kind of learn the skill, and rather than be on my own, I don't think I've got the discipline. That's weird. I've got so much discipline for exercise and healthy food, but with the meditation, I crack after about forty five seconds. I'm like, no, get me out of here, it, mate! It's too much. Get out of my head, I'm going to go and do a workout. All
0: right, if I'm not enlightened after 45 seconds, I'm going online and I'm going teach children how to do bloody burpees.
1: <laughs> do wow. your burpees, yeah. So listen, like, you've really encouraged me to do some meditation this week and I, I promise you I will and I'll text you when I've done it and I'll tell you how I feel. And I'm challenging you and, and, and anyone listening to get up today and do a bit of exercise in your living room, in your garden, get some fresh air and see how you feel afterwards. And that's your motivation when you're struggling and you're having them days where you feel low. You have to remember the motivation is not at the start of the day, it's not at the it's not when you're getting up, it's at the end of the workout,s at the end of the meditation. so you have to push through that, and when you do it, then you just feel the absolute dog' dogs, you know the dog's doodahs. you feel the mutts nuts as they say.
0: I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going straight from this podcast. I'm going on a run with my dog. I'm sending you a picture.
1: Go on. <laughs> yes. You I can... love your dogs. The Alsatian, you've got beautiful dogs, haven't you?
0: Yeah, he's lovely, that boy. My lad, Morris, and uh, my, my boy, Bear. Yeah, he's a beautiful lad. He's a beautiful lad. He's a beautiful lad. Oh, well, Joe, thanks, well, man. Well,
1: that's my promise to you. I'm going to get into meditation. You get into your fitness. Stay on top of things. Stay positive, mate. Keep, keep smiling and, and keep doing what you're doing because you... You spread an amazing message. You're always positive. I always love, especially the stuff about, um, you know, letting go of past trauma. Because I want you to know that I am a positive person. I don't look back at the past. I don't judge my dad and think, oh, I had this really rough upbringing. It was terrible. I actually just love him right now. And I just think, am I happy right now? And that's it. And that's, that's kind of a beautiful, beautiful thought. Because if you have that, you can live your day right now happily and not even care about what happened in the past. And who gives a shit what's happening tomorrow? Because right now, that's, what it's, that's where it's sat isn't it?
0: That's Eckhart Tolle. I mean, that's proper Buddhism. You know, the only thing that is real is the moment. Everything else is a construct in your head. The, the Tomorrow who gives a shit. In the past, it's just, yeah, it's just a memory. I'll tell you what, mate, you're, um, I think you're further along the path than even the, you would imagine. You're improvising Buddhism.
1: I've, well, I've never actually read anything about Buddhism. My dad's a, he really loves Buddhism and he's always talking to me about it. So again, I've, I've learned, maybe I've subtly subconsciously learned from conversations I've had and things with Carol who's into her, you know, Zen Buddhism and oh, yeah. just little thoughts that I put into my head or even things you've said, like you're putting a thought into my head that is Buddhism that I didn't realize. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice thought. And then I'm like, oh, I can actually learn from that. So that's what I like about your content. Sometimes it goes over my head and all these big words. I'm like, Russell, I can't understand the word you're saying. But then every now and again, something really poignant you say, it sticks and it, and it affects my brain forever. It's not just like there and then, it's a thought that changes how I feel for like the rest of my life.
0: That's amazing. How
1: cool is that? (laughs) You're in my brain, Russell. You're in my brain, dude. I'm burrowing into your consciousness.
0: (laughs) Well, that's how I feel when I see you doing them chin ups. I think, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to lift my entire body weight? That can't be right. Joe, thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Under the Skin with Joe Wicks. Let me know what you thought of it on Insta. Uh, or any social media sites, sign up to my mailing list. Remember, russellbrand.com. And why don't you go back and listen to some old ones? Listen to Rupert Sheldrake and Zaya Tong. They'll blow your little minds during this time. And keep looking at YouTube for daily new videos. Thank you for listening to Under the Skin from Luminary Media.